go watch. That's awesome. That's awesome. Next in trailers, we're talking, oh man, the devil has returned. We have some housekeeping to get to uh, to start things off, though. Uh, first thing in housekeeping, we will not be doing a live episode this week. I have personal engagement this Friday evening, so a uh, live episode will not be a thing. We will return to the regular two-episode structure next week, as well as uh, trying something different with the format of today's show. We have housekeeping, which is where we are now, and then immediately following the housekeeping, I'm going to do all of the that just happened stuff, all of the things that we have interacted this week in the nerddom. Uh, all, we're going to put that in its own section, because if the end result is potentially going to put it in as its own show, then I think that's going to be a little bit better. So that's what we're going to do after we get done with housekeeping, uh, and then we'll get into the regularly scheduled episode. But uh, as far as the other housekeeping bits, we only, we're only we less than a month away from the off-season, so we have less than four episodes uh, of the regular show. And then we'll be switching to live shows exclusively. Those will be happening Wednesday nights. Uh, so on the uh, syndicated shows, those will be uh, the VODs and the audios will be uploaded Thursday. Uh, actually, potentially Wednesday after the stream, we'll just upload it and then it'll be ready for you Thursday morning. So uh, that is the situation. All of these socials are generally nerdy or generally underscore nerdy, uh, which apparently... YouTube is changing that where the YouTube is going to be coming uh, at the handle thing. You're going to have to search for generally nerdy with an at symbol in front of it in order to find the channel. And we're going to get into that in the tech section. Anyway, that is the housekeeping. Let's talk about that just happened. These are the things that we have interacted with uh, that we've been keeping tabs on in the news portions of things. And these are like the episodes and the movies and the music and the stuff that we have interacted with that is new to speak of uh, or, or uh, relevant to the conversation in some way. So uh, to start things off in that just happened, being as it is the Halloween season uh, and Halloween ends has been released, I have watched it, and uh, there is an interesting conversation going around about this movie in that uh, some of the fandom doesn't feel doesn't feel like it's cathartic enough, and I can kind of see that argument. Uh, and I uh, I listened to a couple other reviews of it, and I can understand why this does definitely feel like two different movies kind of got mashed together a little bit. Um, I don't think it's quite as dramatic as some of uh, the other reviewers, uh, other people who are talking about this movie are making it sound. There is a there seems to be a 
almost logical uh, evolution into where the resolution comes from. I am going to try and not spoil this too much, though be warned, I might spoil some things. So if you haven't watched it and you are interested in watching it, just be aware. I'm not going to give away how it ends exactly, just to say that to me, it felt pretty cathartic. <laughs> it feels pretty final, I guess is probably a very good way to put that. If you have haven't watched it yet. It is in theaters. It is also streaming on Peacock. And I, my disappointment with this movie is not the, the build to the climax. Cause I think, or rather not the climax itself. It is more the build to the climax because I feel like a movie about Michael Myers and Laurie Strode should probably feature a little more heavily Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. Um, uh, I, I appreciate that it does kind of seem like they're trying to leave room for, uh, a potential continuation of the franchise, even if it's not Michael Myers as the shape, then it can be somebody else who inherits that. And we'll get to that at the end of, the, at the end of this. But um, I just, I feel like there should have been more of the two main characters for this franchise in their final movie. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, I, there is a there is a good balance somewhere. We didn't get it. We didn't get the balance that we were looking for. Uh, this is head and shoulders above uh, Halloween Kills because that movie was a bit of a dumpster fire when you go back and watch it, um, but is not quite, not even nearly as good as Halloween 2018. Honestly, uh, Kills doesn't need to have happened at all on, for, for this movie to work even, or, or really this movie and Kills don't have to happen because 2018 was so cathartic, was so final. If they had left the original ending on the 2018 movie, I feel like that would have been a better climax overall than this. Though, because they did you know, have to make a trilogy out of it because modern movies are what they are, I can see how this makes a little bit of sense. Um, but so as far as the big question is, will we be getting more Halloween movies? Absolutely, we will be getting more Halloween movies. Is that even really a question? It's just how are they going to continue with Halloween considering this is supposedly the end of this storyline, right? So you've got three options the way I see it. One, you have the uh, completely reboot and just restart the series entirely, just retell the story, which has kind of been done a number of times at this point and doesn't really work. So I don't see that as the option. B, uh, you have the, uh, the Jason goes to hell option, which I think is the most likely. Uh, the, what do I mean by that? Jason goes to hell, if, if you remember, if you're a horror movie aficionado, in Jason goes to hell, the, the evil that is Jason Voorhees kind of inhabits a number of bodies throughout the course of that movie until it finds the original host or whatever, and then Jason's body is reanimated from the dead and such. So we could do something akin to that because we do have this shape mythology that they've 
pretty much ignored with this new trilogy, but still have kind of alluded to in this final movie. So that is an option you could, you know, the, the evil of the shape can inhabit somebody else. And they kind, again, they kind of set that up a little bit in this movie. So I think that's the most logical in three, five years when somebody says, hey, we should continue making Halloween movies because they make us money. Uh, or then there's the scream option. Uh, if, if you take that as your blueprint, then every new iteration of Scream, there's some new relative that you never heard of before to somebody that was related to the original issue or somebody that was related to somebody and you got my sister's neighbor's dog's ex-best friend kind of uh, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon action. I, that's the other option where somehow Lori has a sister or uh, Michael Myers has some distant cousin that, you know, something like that. Uh, and and that is also more much more potential than rebooting the entire franchise from fresh again. But uh, I I honestly feel like the more effective way would be the Jason Goes to Hell variety, not the Scream variety. Though honestly, probably the Scream variety would be a little more likely because you can get any lazy writer to make that work. Whereas the Jason Goes to Hell option is. A, takes a little bit more finesse, and if you can pull it off, it becomes a far better movie, but again, a much more difficult movie to make. So uh, I, that's where we are with Halloween ends. Let's move next to uh, another movie, The Curse of Bridge Hollow. Watched that one also this week. This is a family-friendly uh, Halloween, not exactly horror, but family-friendly Halloween movie on Netflix. Um, starring Marlon Wayans and uh, Kelly Rowland and then Pr Priya Ferguson. Priya Ferguson, you will recognize from Stranger Things. Uh, she is the little sister of uh, the one kid who uh, honestly does not Thing for the story and I can't remember his name but she's the little sister who's the kind of the badass <laughs> in Stranger Things she's kind of the badass in this movie as well so uh this I mean it was silly it was uh, Marlon Wayans is pretty much always a win I mean even in the really bad movies that he's in he makes it worth watching at least the once because he's great I think taking that mentality and then applying whatever he's learned as an actor over the course of the last however long it's been since he's been in a movie, uh, I there is definitely a lot more substance here than there deserves to be. I really dug the dynamic between Marlon Wayans and Priya Ferguson. Priya, maybe. I'm, I'm, I feel like it's Priya, but it could be Priya. Uh, I apologize either way if I'm saying it incorrectly. Um... I, it was a lot of fun. I really dug this movie, especially if you have kids. This is a fun one. Probably will make its way onto my Halloween rotation. Uh, most likely as just background noise, I'm not going to lie. But uh, it's still worth throwing on once a year for the Halloween season. It, it sets the mood. It it does what it tries to do and it makes it enjoyable for the parents and the kids altogether. It is, you know, should be a little bit of caution if you are one who is sensitive to four-letter words. Uh, there are a couple in this, even though it is rated PG. Uh, no F-bombs, definitely, but a couple of the S's, I guess, if, is a way to put that. Uh, but still, much enjoyable. Absolutely would recommend this, especially 
especially if you have kids. If you don't have kids, it's worth it just to put it on. You're not missing a whole lot if you have to leave the room for five minutes and come back. It's kind of one of those movies. It's pretty easy to follow, but a lot of fun if you catch it. Uh, next in That Just Happened, we have Mr. Herring, uh, Herringin, Herringin's phone. I think I spelled that incorrectly and, and, and I'm going to have to correct it in post if I did. But either way, uh, another movie on the HBO Max, I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong because I didn't put that in the notes. But uh, this is... Um, Alright, so it's the kid from It. Uh, one of the lead kids from It. It's also... Uh, the Donald Sutherland as a uh, crotchety old man, and uh, it spends a lot of time, like it develops these characters very, very well. Let's start with the good, shall we? Develops these characters very, very well. Uh, but then you kind of have to jam all of the scary bits in the last act, roughly. Kind of the last half of the movie, but really the last of the three acts. Um, because the first two acts just take so long to get there. Um, <sighs> wasn't super enjoyable. It was kind of slow. And honestly, I fell asleep for about half an hour in the middle of it. Uh, and going back, it's like, I even though I did that, I didn't really miss much. So yeah, I don't know if I can recommend this one. Uh, it's there's atmosphere built here and it's definitely the the end result is there is a payoff that is almost worth it but again i just i don't know if i can really recommend this for anyone unless you're a diehard stephen king fan and even so you're probably not watching this show so there's that. Uh, uh, next one we have is House of the Dragon, uh, episode nine, The Green Council. This, this, so it was, we were meandering a little bit in the middle there. Uh, we had the, the first time jump. It was a little awkward, kind of lost some of its momentum, built up. Then we had a second time jump. Also lost a little bit of momentum, not quite as bad as the first time jump, but uh, now that we are rounding third and coming on home, uh, this is really starting to get to a spot where it's like, okay, stop with the time jumps. Let's live in this world for a little bit. Let's resolve this conflict. Maybe, probably not, there probably won't be resolution by the end of episode 10, uh, which means they're going to continue this into season two. But if we can live where we are now in this story for the entirety of season two, I think it will make up for the uh, missteps, I feel, in the first first uh, two-thirds of this season. So uh, this is, th this episode kind of is making you anticipate the climax of episode 10 because you get uh, uh, Rhaenys and her dragon and just all of the, oh yes, <laughs> all of that energy, all of that, oh my god, I can't wait to see how this comes to its conclusion. So uh, absolutely, if you're not watching House of the Dragon, you should be because yes, it's again, kind of starts a little slow. There's a couple of really awkward steps and we have those time jumps, but by and large, totally worth the time. Next is Unsolved Mysteries on the Netflix. We got volume three, the first part of volume three, the first three episodes. Uh, you get a little bit of everything here. You get a little bit of a murder mystery. Oh, actually, the, the two murder mysteries and a UFO episode. And this is 
better than volume two. I think even potentially as good or maybe even better than volume one because we get a little, little bit more supernatural and that's kind of what a lot of the fan base really wants is the more supernatural stuff. The murder mystery stuff works as well, but I think the supernatural stuff is what really did it for the fans back in the day. So now that we're dipping a little bit more frequently into that pool, it's a little more, it, you get a little bit more out of it. So there's that. Uh, this release structure I think is great. I think this is, you can scratch the binge itch, but then also you don't run out of content because you're going to get another three episodes in two weeks and then another three episodes in two weeks. So I, I, I really think that this is a release uh, model that Netflix should adapt in a little more wide kind of base because it super works. These first three episodes of volume three also super work. Go watch them for sure. Uh, that is the, so I put at the tail end of that just happened for this episode, uh, uh, kind of an update on a game that we've been following because I want to play it. I didn't think it was going to be relevant to the conversation once we get to the gaming in tech. So uh, I just thought I, I would put it here. Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed has been released to kind of middling reviews. It still looks like a lot of fun. If you remember, this is the game that has been put out by that same a publisher that did the Friday the 13th, the game, game. Uh, Il Ilphonic is the name of the publisher or the, the developer, whatever. And uh, yeah, this, this looks like a whole bunch of fun. I did, I feel like, misspeak the last time we spoke about this, though, because I said it was uh, four Ghostbusters and four ghosts. That is incorrect. It is four Ghostbusters and one ghost. It's so 4v1 on the uh, multiplayer. Sounds like the story mode isn't exactly all there, but uh, DLC is going to fix that coming down the line. And honestly, the reason most of us are going to play this is for the multiplayer, right? Because you get to create your own Ghostbuster and then go bust some ghosts with a group of friends. So uh, yeah, I, I feel like this I, this is going to be, if I can get my hands on it, if I can afford to get my hands on it, it's probably going to be one that we do a little bit of live stream action for on the live stream shows. Uh, but yeah, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed has been released and we should all play together. That being said, let's get into uh, the regular news and not just all of the new releases. So, so it's it's a uh, TV streaming time. Uh, let's let's get into the TV streaming news. Uh, it's it's a pretty solid episode. Not gonna lie. Uh, all right. So follow-ups and corrections. First and foremost, we have confirmation for a rumor that was kind of only a rumor in name uh, because we already kind of knew this was gonna happen. That is. Penguin, the uh, HBO Max series, is 100% happening. DC just ordered it two full series, though we don't know exactly how many episodes that is. We do know we're going to get it. We're going to get Colin Farrell as the Penguin for an entire series. And we also know that it is a continuation. It is not a prequel. So the previous reports of it being a prequel are not correct. It is a continuation of the Matt Reeves Batman movie. Next, we have Dune Sisterhood casting announcement. Uh, Indira Varma, I really hope I'm saying her name correctly because it's pretty simple letters on the page. Uh, she has been cast as Emperor Carino's wife, Empress Natalia. You will recognize this actress. She was in Game of Thrones. She played the, the, the Lord of Snakes sister. Uh, she was also in Obi-Wan. I 
I, I don't remember her in Obi-Wan, but that's because I was too busy being grumpy at Obi-Wan. But also, she was in Carnival Row, and I totally remember in Carnival Row. Carnival Row is a fantastic little series over on Amazon Prime. Season 2 should be happening sometime soon, I hope. But either way, she's been cast in Dune Sisterhood for HBO Max. Super stoked for that. That's how we got. Let's move on. Next, we're talking about Percy Jackson. Another casting announcement. We got Edge from the WWE. That's right. Wrestler Edge has been cast as Ares for the Disney Plus series. Uh, there were two other casting announcements alongside this. If you want to see exactly who they are, because I didn't know who they were, didn't recognize the names, you can follow the link down in the description. That is what we have for follow-ups, though, so let's talk trailers, shall we? If you are a fan of Taylor Sheridan, and a lot of you are because Yellowstone is the biggest show on broadcast or on, on, on terrestrial television right now, has been for about three se two seasons now. Uh, so yeah, T Taylor Sheridan has a new series starring freaking Sylvester Stallone. Come on, how many, how much more names do we have to drop to make you interested in this? There's a new trailer, you should go watch it because Sylvester Stallone is a mob boss who is uh, relocated to Oklahoma, so like cowboys and the mob, and I mean, go watch. That's awesome. That's awesome. Next in trailers, we're talking, oh man, the devil has returned. Teletubbies on Netflix has finally dropped a new trailer. Um, if you are like me and were super weirded out by the original run of the Teletubbies, this is worse. They now have like baby Teletubbies and uh, I don't even remember the word because it's just gibberish, but like, oh, it's creepy. It's creepy. I don't understand. Okay, so here's the question about the Teletubbies. So I'm watching, or I watched, the uh, Barney documentary on Peacock about, you know, how people hated Barney because Barney was too pure and there was nothing wrong with Barney. If people hated Barney to that degree, how do they not also hate the Teletubbies? Like, oh, because Barney, like, almost makes sense because he's interacting with humans and he's, like, talking in sentences and, like, giving you morals and things. But the Teletubbies speak one word at a time and don't really interact with anyone but each other. And it's just... I'm confused, but there's a new trailer. If you're interested, if you got kids, that kind of thing, that's for you. We're gonna move right along. Next, we got uh, finally a proper trailer for Trigun Stampede. Super stoked about this. It is going to Crunchyroll. It will come out uh, in January as part of the Crunchyroll winter anime run. I'm super stoked about it because we, up until this point, we didn't know exactly where it was going and now we know exactly where it's going and almost exactly when. So super stoked on that. Vash the Stampede, one of my favorite anime characters of all time. So we get an update to that. You should go watch that trailer. Let's move right along. Next, we're into regular ass news for TV streaming and starting things off, we have a weird one. Gangs of New York is getting a series? That's right, the Martin Scorsese film that was based on the Herbert Asbury book is getting a series that is going to be produced, though probably not showrun nor directed, but produced, at the very least, by Martin Scorsese himself in association with Miramax Entertainment. Um, 
okay. I mean, I, I dug Gangs in New York just fine because Martin Scorsese, I don't think, has ever made a bad movie, but he's made questionable, and I feel like that's about as questionable as a Scorsese fl uh, flick gets. But uh, do we? Oh, how is how is the story going to be elevated by? making it into a series. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a limited run series or a mini series, if you will. So probably roughly six episodes and that is where it's going to end. I didn't read the book, so I have no idea what else they can add to the story, but there was a, it was a three hour movie. So that's half of your series already. What else is there to, whatever. Uh, we're just talking about the news. Let's move right along, shall we? Uh, next we're talking about Warner Brothers Discovery. This is kind of huge. So Warner Bros. Discovery, uh, the merger happened. In that merger, the company, the new, uh, the new entity that was once Discovery Plus, uh, that absorbed or effectively purchased the Warner Brothers, uh, the most of Warner Brothers uh, properties and became Warner Bros. Discovery. Uh, there was three point two billion dollars in loss when this merger happened. I don't know exactly how they lost that much money, but that is the, the report that they lost $3.2 billion. So now David Zaslav, CEO of this new said company, is been is taking it upon himself to save $3 billion of the $3.2 that they lost so they can, you know, recoup some of those losses. And in so doing, we've gone through a number of uh, house cleanings, I guess you could call it. And now we have another round of said house cleanings. There is actually, this is kind of twofold. So the first one is, we got a bunch of people uh, over in the unscripted and animation departments, uh, not specifically like animators or anything like that, though we'll get to that, uh, but just general staff in those two departments has been decreased by approximately 20 percent, which equates to about 120 something jobs have been lost. Uh, well, 120 something jobs are no longer no longer need to be filled because about 40 of those jobs were already vacant. They're just not going to fill them. And then the rest of them, you're like, eh, here's your pink slip. Sorry, but yeah, you know, kick rocks. So that's the first part of this. The second part of this is continuing along the animation side of things. Animation studios, specifically Cartoon Network animated uh, animation studios, and even more specifically, it sounds like it's a lot leaning a lot harder on the Adult Swim side of the Cartoon uh, Cartoon Network animation studios. These are all being absolved by and large into the Warner Brothers animation studios. Now they were very specific to announce that in spite of this, in spite of them reducing their staff size for the animation studios, that does not mean that they're going to diminish their output. So the shows are not going to suffer, according to the official word, the shows are not going to suffer because of this uh, reduction in staff, which, I mean, lends, to, lends itself to reason to a certain degree because you have a lot of redundancy. You're effectively joining two different companies that do very similar things. So you're going to have a lot of overlap. And so you got to kind of clear that up if you want to become a profitable entity again. And Zaslav is doing that. He's getting rid of the overlap. He's cutting the fat, as they say. So while it does suck for these however many people overall, I, it makes a whole lot of sense. I think a lot of people are are really trying to ring the doom and, doom and gloom bell about this, but there's no reason to just yet. 
There is a lot of rumors going around that because of all these layoffs, because Zaslav is going so gung-ho with all of this restructuring of the company and stuff, that he's just setting it up so he can sell it off again in about two or three years. And I, I feel like the, the, those rumors kind of fly in the face of some other rumors we're going to be talking about once we hit the rumor mill section. So I don't buy that necessarily, but... Uh, there is a little bit of an argument to be made there. I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll, again, we'll get to that in the rumor mill. So yeah, Warner Brothers Discovery is shaking still. The dust has not settled. That's all we got on that. We will definitely be keeping tabs here. Let's move now into TV streaming suggestions. Your suggestion for the week is Hemlock Grove. Honestly, the first, I, I'm, I want to say it was just the first season. It might have been the first two seasons. Uh, whatever the last season one season was, the last season was not great. But the first and potentially first two seasons were actually super interesting. And, and if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, that's why I'm suggesting you try and go watch it. Uh, Hemlock Grove is a horror series that was on Showtime that features Bill Skarsgård and Famke Jensen as two of the leads. It is a, an ensemble cast, so there are more than two, but those are the two biggest names, and wow, are they big names. You have Pennywise and Jean Grey in a family together, in a series together, no less. If you like vampires and werewolves and that kind of thing, you'll, you'll, you'll have an appreciation for Hemlock Grove. Go check it out. So... Now let's talk movies, shall we? Movie section, we got some follow-ups here. We got uh, first thing in follow-ups is A Christmas Story Christmas. So this is the sequel to A Christmas Story that we talked about, I believe it was about four or five months ago. We now have a trailer, kind of. It's more of a teaser, which is why we didn't put it in the trailer section. Really, the, the announcement here is the release date as well as the uh, new proper title. Christmas Story Christmas is the name of the movie. It is going to be coming out November 17th on HBO Max. It does not look like it is going to get a theatrical release, though they did get the original actor who played Ralphie to come back, as you can see in the trailer. And I, or the teaser rather, I really hope we get a proper trailer very, very soon because I'm kind of hype about this. Not even kidding. Uh, our next piece of follow-up uh, news has to do with Black Adam. And this one, I, I really was debating about putting this one in here just because it's kind of news we already know. This is one of the big ones we were talking about at the head of the episode. Uh, this is an, uh, a confirmation of a rumor that, yeah, we kind of saw this one coming. Just like the, the, the penguin thing at the beginning of the TV streaming section, we know that Black Adam's going to have Superman in it. It's kind of the worst kept secret in Hollywood at this point. So... Why do we got to announce it in the news? Either way, uh, it's still, I mean, technically speaking, this is still technically a rumor because Warner Brothers has not come out and said, yep, that's right. We got Henry Cavill back as Superman in our Black Adam movie. But we do have The Rock talking about uh, Black Adam versus Superman movie. And then we also got uh, uh, Aldous Hodge, who plays Hawkman in the new Black Adam movie. We have him going on record and saying that he thinks that not only should there be a Black Adam versus Superman movie, but he hopes that there is a Black, Man Black Adam versus Superman trilogy. 
which I think would kind of be cool if this turns into something that's not just a vanity project for The Rock, which I still very much believe that is a strong possibility, uh, then yeah, I think that would be really a lot of fun. You, those two behemoths fighting on screen for my comic book enjoyment, I'm down. Let's let's do that. Uh, but that's all we got there. Let's move over to Dune 2. Uh, this is a release date update. Uh, Dune 2 has been bumped up by two weeks from its original release. So originally it was supposed to release November 17th of 2023, and now it is going to be released November 3rd of 2023. So Two weeks early, not a big bump, but you know, with all of that scrambling from uh, Marvel and all that jazz, Sony and, and what's, whatever the hell's going on with the MCU, uh, somebody had to fill the slot and Denis Villeneuve was like, I'll do it, that's me, I'll do it right here, let's, let's go. Uh, next in follow-ups, we have uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts casting announcements. We have Pete Davidson, who's going to be voicing Mirage, as well as Michelle Yeoh, who's going to be uh, voicing Air uh, Razor, uh, Air Razor, there we go, Air Razor. <laughs> That's the word I was trying to say. Mirage is a Decepticon, and Air Razor is uh, the the robot, uh, the the animal robots. I can't even remember what they're called right now. Uh, sorry, brain fart. They happen. Uh, they they have both been cast for voice work in the sequel. The kind of Lego sequel situation. That's all we got. Let's move on. Next is uh, Joker, Folly Adieu. We now have official word that this is, in fact, going to be a musical. <laughs> what universe do we live in that a comic book movie is going to be a musical? That is such a weird thing to say. Now, let's, let's, let's kind of take this one in in full view just because there are musical numbers that's probably why they're saying musical so there could potentially be like two musical numbers and then the rest of it is spoken and that would make it a musical in the eyes of popular culture and that would be incorrect but i could see why they would make the uh the, make the argument because you know clicks get you money so uh, I don't think it's going to be a musical in like, you know, the vein of Rent or Chicago or Cabaret or anything like that. Uh, but musical meaning there's going to be musical numbers confirmed. We know this as 100% fact. If you question me, check the link in the description. Uh, that being said, that is what we have for follow-ups in movies. Let's move over to trailers. Uh, we're, I mean, it's, it's Halloween, which means we're getting Christmas stuff because everybody forgets Thanksgiving is still a holiday. Uh, and so, yeah, it is what it is. But our first trailer is Spirited, the um, Christmas Carol story that Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell made. It's coming out finally. Uh, release date for this is going to be November 18th. It is going direct to Apple TV+. And it looks freaking awesome. Go watch this trailer, man. It's worth your time. Uh, the next trailer that we have to talk about is Creed 3, March 3rd, 2023. So 3323 is when this movie releases, uh, directed by Michael B. Jordan. This movie, it looks like it's going to be good. I'm I, So anything I say about this that might sound like I'm questioning the quality of this movie, I don't question the quality of this movie. I think Michael B. Jordan is perfectly capable as an actor, potentially as a writer, though I don't think he's a writer on this project, uh, but also as a director. Because um, this 
trailer looks fantastic. I just, it feels very reminiscent of Rocky IV to me in a lot of ways, as well as Rocky III in a lot of ways. Go watch the trailer, see what I'm talking about. Uh, I could actually be mistaking four for five, but I'm pretty sure it was four where he fights the street kid. But either way, um, yeah, uh, interesting way to recycle things that we already know and make them fresh for yourself. Uh, I don't know, there's, there's a discussion to be had there. Maybe we'll have it in a different video. Either way, that's what we got. Let's move right along. Uh, oh, God. And now we're into regular-ass news, and we're going to start regular-ass news with the downbeat. So uh, I, I feel like in the nerd world, I'm, I'm already, you already know this, but we have to talk about it. Uh, Robbie Coltrane, the man who was Hagrid, has passed. Uh, he was 72 years old. And I was unable to find uh, the cause of death, which is weird because, I mean, that's a high profile passing. But like everyone that worked with him, I need to be specific when I talk about this because there are a bunch of crazy people on the internet who, because they don't like J.K. Rowling, they also don't like anybody who is associated with her, which is stupid. But uh, everyone who worked with the man, everyone who knew the man, everyone who who appreciated the man has been coming out in droves and just talking all of the amazing qualities of this man's life. And it's super wonderful and beautiful and celebrating the, the body of work that he left behind and, and all of the great messages and things. And just a, uh, Hagrid was awesome. Hagrid was the, my favorite part of Harry Potter. Like I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, but Hagrid was pretty freaking awesome. I really dug the shit out of that guy. So we're going to take a moment and remember Robbie Coltrane. All right, uh, so let's bring things up a little bit. We have a new documentary on Dungeons and Dragons. This is a documentary we don't generally talk about, though it is about Dungeons and Dragons, so it's kind of inside of our wheelhouse to begin with. But also, Joe Manganiello is the producer and uh, director of this documentary. And also super noteworthy is they have the blessing from Hasbro to make this, which has somehow unlocked to them 400 hours of footage of Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know exactly what that means, but I'm super interested to hear potentially how do you even, where do you begin with 400 hours? How do you chop that down into a documentary movie length, like 90 minutes worth of a movie? Maybe it'll be a three hour movie, but still three hours out of 400 hours. And then you have to like have a narrative and things around those. Oh, wow, that is a task. Let's move right along. <laughs> uh, oh, that's all we have? That's all we have? Really? Okay, cool. Let's uh, get to the, the, the suggestions then for the week. Movie suggestions. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. We are still in the Halloween season. Like I said, we're going to continue the Halloween season until the week after Halloween. But Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven's uh, piece de resistance, if you will. The movie that put Wes Craven on the map as one of the masters of horror for very good reason. Think what you will about the rest of the series, but the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie is leaps and bounds above so much of the garbage horror movies we get these days, especially attempts at slasher films. If you like slashers, if you like scares, if you like Halloween-oriented things, 
Nightmare on Elm Street should be one you watch every year. So that puts us into the rumor mill. Rumor mill this week, we have a confer, or this is a refutation, I believe. Yes, this is in fact a refutation. Uh, so we are starting things off with a refutation of a rumor that I, I felt like didn't really need to be addressed, before, but now that we have official word from executives in charge of the project, we can, you know, shoot this down. So, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, the Netflix series, everyone's been talking about a second season. When's the second season happening? Why aren't we getting a second season? Where's the second season? It's not happening. There is officially no second season for Edge Runners. Now, I'm I'm using my words very specifically when I say that Cyberpunk Edge Runners is not getting a second season. That is according to uh, the the producer, I'm sorry, uh, Sotaru Hanma, I did not say that right, uh, one of the Project Red executives involved with the project uh, has said in no uncertain terms that it was planned originally that Edge Runners was going to be a standalone thing from Jump Street. Like there's no, there was no questioning it. But Let's take that a little bit further and kind of spell this one out to you. Cyberpunk, there potentially is going to be more stuff in this universe. That makes a whole lot of sense. Just a, not another Edge Runner story. So will we potentially see some of those characters in a different series? Very potentially. They'll be probably secondary at best, very likely even tertiary at best. But we've th 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 this series did way, way too good on Netflix for them to not do another cyberpunk series. It's just not going to be another cyberpunk edge runners series. See, he's not lying. He's just not giving you the entire truth. So yes, I, uh, there very likely will be another cyberpunk anime. I just, it's not, it's obviously not going to be edge runners. So rumor squashed. But let's get into the new rumors. First up, we have a crossover that uh, might actually not be rumor by the time this goes live, because I feel like this one's got a whole lot of buzz behind it. But uh, the Blumhouse crew is going a little nuts because we have potentially Freaky Friday and Happy Death Day doing a crossover movie. That's Definitely a strange, uh, not Freaky Friday, Freaky, the, the Vince Vaughn and the, I don't remember who the actresses are. I, I have them right here, though. The actresses from both movies, uh, Catherine Newton and Jessica Roth, uh, were in a picture with director, or, I mean, with a screenwriter, rather, Christopher Landon, who posted that picture to his Twitters and said something about, wonder what we're working on. Uh, apparently the rumor is what they're working on is a crossover movie between those two franchises. Let's give this one a likelihood of probably about 70% that we will be seeing some sort of Blumhouse universe crossover movie, uh, specifically between these two movies, but that could potentially open up a weird Pandora's box for horror movie fans. Uh, our next rumor has to do with the MCU and, uh, we have a potential casting announcement for Mephisto, that's right, Mephisto, the devil himself in Marvel Comics, is very potentially going to be played by Sasha Baron Cohen. This is another one that very potentially could be confirmed by the time I actually get this video, or episode rather, published, 
But as it stands right now, as I'm recording, this is very much still rumor. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, for those that don't know, he's Borat, he's the dictator, he's Bruno, he's uh, Ali G, doof, 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 doof. is you Madonna, that guy. Uh, yeah, he, and also he's in uh, Talladega Nights, and he's he's married to Isla Fisher, and dude is, uh, he's in the Sweeney Todd with Johnny Depp, he's the other bar who Depp kills first in the movie. Yeah, that Sasha Baron Cohen is very potentially going to be Mephisto in the MCU. This comes from, honestly, a lot of different sources, which is why I'm saying I would not be surprised if his casting was confirmed within the next few days. Uh, but as a reportedly being cast in this role for the Ironheart movie, or series rather, so... I don't know how exactly Mephisto factors into the Ironheart story or if they're just going to go a little off the rails with Ironheart because, you know, it doesn't have a whole lot of pull to begin with. So, uh, yeah, likelihood that Sasha Baron Cohen is going to be playing Mephisto. Again, so many sources are saying it as fact at this point that I kind of would be silly to go any less than like 70%, but I'm going to bump it up to 80% just because I would be very, very surprised if this didn't happen. Uh, next, we are talking about the Hulk. Uh, so this one's interesting because this is kind of more fan theory, but also been talked about as rumor as being a legitimate way that this will happen. So the Hulk, for those that don't know, Universal owns the distribution rights for the character in the movies, which is why we haven't had a standalone Hulk movie in some time because Feige doesn't get along with the NBC Universal and there's a whole bad blood situation there. So the Hulk is relegated to the secondary cast. Well, with the uh, popularity and the uh, uh, how well the Werewolf at Night movie pre special presentation thing has done, it seems that that is going to be the magic key for the MCU to get us something resembling, though it won't technically be, a standalone Hulk movie. They're just going to, according to the rumor, do a special presentation, quote unquote, that goes directly to Disney+. Plus likelihood that that is a thing uh that's just sneaky enough to be true so i'm gonna say we're gonna put generous uh 65 percent though uh i am gonna correct that conservative 65 percent because i think there's a pretty strong possibility there for that as well uh next we're talking about madam webb uh, isabella merced merced maybe uh rumored to be playing spider girl anya corazon uh and sydney sweeney has been rumored once again to be playing julia carpenter who is spider woman um i i believe actually uh, in this, uh, I could have mis misread this, but I believe the Sydney Sweeney part of this has been confirmed. So we're not going to readdress that because we've talked about that one previously. Just the Spider Girl portion is the new part of the rumor. Anya Corazon is in the comic books, though I'm pretty sure she is an alternate universe Spider Girl in the comic books. It's not to say she has to be that way in the movie, but very interesting for the Madam Web movie, going pretty hardcore on these non-Spider-Man spider folk. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know where to go with this one. Not a great source, but it makes a lot of sense. 50% because I can't say one way or the next. That's where we're going with that one. And then oh, we got to get to that uh, DCEU conversation uh, that I alluded to in the movie section. So. 
DCEU is reportedly, uh, the, uh, the, we have a series of rumors that are supposedly coming very soon, uh, the announcements at least, from the DC Extended Universe. So the movie universe for the DC properties. Uh, so let's just go through this list real quick and then we'll talk about the implications and so on and so forth. So uh, first up, we have a script is already written for the sequel to the Flash movie, though very probably, and I say that and I mean uh, the Ezra Miller won't <laughs> be returning for the role. The, the, that role will be recast. Uh, but yeah, script has been written for the sequel to the Flash movie, assuming it does well. Uh, next is uh, Man of Steel 2 with Henry Cavill is actively seeking writers, but they have uh, they have locked in Henry Cavill with a contract for that movie. And then we have uh, the script for Wonder Woman 3 is apparently nearing the end stages of completion as far as the writing goes. And then the next one we have is another surprise James Gunn DC uh, property. What exactly that's going to be very much remains to be seen. The leak uh, says that they're keeping that one a little closer to the chest than normal. And then the big one has to do with the Batman. There is going to be a number, uh, a, a universe unto itself, it would seem, from Matt Reeves creating other movies based on the rogues gallery from the Batman franchise. Very specifically, they named Professor Pig, Clayface, and then there were a couple of other ones. It depends on which source. This one comes from a number of sources. Depends on which source you're reading that how they list the characters. But the names that I saw repeated were Professor Pig and Clayface. And that's pretty awesome as far as the Clayface goes. He's one of my favorite rogues. Um, so implications here. These all come from the same rumor. Uh, so the, the going theory for the future of the Warner Brothers Discovery movie properties as it pertains to the DC properties specifically is that David Zaslav is just setting up these pins so somebody else can knock them down come 2025 or so when he tries to sell the company off. Now, we have one, two, three, four, five pretty major rumors. And one of those rumors being uh, multiple movies in and of itself, potentially multiple series uh, as well. So if that's the case, then these two theories, or this rumor and that theory, do not mesh well. Because if they have five major projects in the works to some degree, if you want to believe this rumor, if they have these five major projects in the works, then they will not be selling in 2024 or 2025. This is the 10-year plan that David Zaslav uh, uh, alluded to in interviews previously. So I... I don't want to believe the selling it off. I do want to believe these. Uh, this is actually uh, one of the sources for this is freaking Forbes. So there is a pretty strong possibility that at least some of this rumor comes to fruition. So let's put, uh, we're gonna put this one again, relatively conservative, 65% likely that we will get at least some, if not all of these points in this rumor. Um, 
Though, I mean, kind of the Batman rumor we're already starting to see because we got the Penguin series, we got the Gotham PD series. Both of them have been confirmed at this point, so it looks like we're already on track for the Batman rumor. Um, I just, I can't believe that even though, like, yes, Hollywood types are slimy, so you don't want to believe anything they say. So when he says he has a 10-year plan and then uh, four years down the road, he ends up selling the company again, uh, we shouldn't be surprised. Sure, I think that's a fair way to look at it. But I also think that that is an inaccurate way to look at it. Just because most of the time they're pretty slimy folk doesn't mean they're always lying. So when David Zaslav says, no, I have a 10-year plan for my DC properties in the movie theaters, I think we should believe him, especially when uh, not too long after, though, I mean, he could have been the one to leak this information. Nobody really knows, um, except for the people involved. So uh, take everything you will with a grain of salt. I just think there's a little bit more likelihood that he's not going to be getting this company ready to sell in uh, three to five years versus the other option. So, and that Nerdy Legion is the end of the episode. If you have more information that you want to share with the class, then you can find me on the social medias. If you want to go deeper into comics and comic culture, then go check out nerdylegion.com and see all of the other podcasts we offer on the subject. Or if you want just, you know, to get deeper into the nerd news, you can join me on my personal YouTube channel generally nerdy. Thank you very much, nerds. We will see you next time.